0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Modern Romantic Podcast where we celebrate romanticism. Hi, I'm hoping how much you know, how much you illustrate you, my life with your incredible presence. Hi, I'm Trey, and I'm joined by my co host, Emily.
1: Hello, I'm Emily, and I'm making an indelible mark on the hearts and minds of those around me.
0: Oh, I love that.
1: Yes, I'm trying. I might use the tools that one <clears throat> might use if they were a scrimshander. <laughs> <laughs> OK. So just hold still.
2: <laughs>
1: it won't take long.
0: <laughs> now, with that uh, that segue in mind, Emily, uh, I feel like you're wanting to uh, introduce our fantastic guest today.
1: I do, yes. Today, we are speaking with Lori Kristinen. <coughs> Lori is a scrimshander who it, does phenomenal artwork on things you might not expect. Scrimshaw is the art form, from what I understand, and it um, yes. re- it means that you are etching images or creating images on things like bone and antlers. So anyway, welcome to the show, Lori.
2: <laughs>
1: Hi, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> this is the part where <clears throat> the doves fly and the confetti falls. The... <laughs>
2: hey.
1: Thanks for coming on the show. I'm so glad to, uh, to chat with you today. So tell us though, what, what screenshot <clears> is? Cause I feel like I did, I, I didn't do that justice.
2: Uh, maybe I can't either. Uh, basically <laughs> it's, it's, um, uh, like etching etching or, um, engraving kind of on to material, um, like, like the bone, um, almost anything, but wood, metal or glass. Um, okay. it's gotta be sanded perfectly to a high and polished to a high shine. And then I'm using a needle, which I'm either just dots or lines to take the polished surface off to make it porous. And that's where my ink will stay, only where I've made a mark. So it's just back and forth that way. Easy. And it's on antlers and bone, is that right? Antlers, antlers and bone. It's been done on like, um, the whalers would do it on whale's teeth when they're, when they're, um, uh, Downtime. Um, I've heard that scrimshander is a, a Dutch word meaning idle fellow. I don't know if that's true or not, but it sounds like it. <laughs> but um, it's been a lot of different materials. There's there there was ivory, um, elephant tusks, and walrus and whale. But um, now there's there's all kinds of materials. The bones, the antlers. There's man-made materials. Um, there's man-made. Uh, like a fake ivory, artificial ivory. So there's a lot of different materials to work on. So I got a lot of things that keep my interest. Okay.
0: So within that, like, I would never think to to put art onto something like that. Um, but I, I guess that anything really can be a, a canvas. So my biggest thing is, how did you find out about Scrimshaw? Uh,
2: basically, it was my father-in-law told me. Um, he had always gone to knife shows, and um, he um, dealt, uh, bought, and sold Finnish knives. He's Finnish. He would go to Finland, buy knives, and sell them over here. Um, so he knew about scrimshaw. I didn't know about it. He told me that he heard the best thing to practice on was plastic spoons. So I kind of thought, yeah, yeah. And he kept after me, and I kept going, yeah, yeah. And finally, to get him off my back, I thought, okay, I'll try it. So I tried it on plastic spoons and just went on from there. So, yeah, I remember from my first knife I worked on and most of it has been knives from, uh, from knife shows that people give me and everything. But there's, yeah, that's how I started.
0: (laughs) Correct me if I'm wrong. Like I read somewhere that you had, you found out or started getting into it about 1994, is that correct?
2: uh yeah that's where i learned about it that's where i finally basically told my father-in-law that i'd try it but um yeah so and since it was 1995 i've been doing this full time so yeah it's been a long long time it doesn't seem that long but in high school all the only subject i like was art i drew a watercolor painted um so yeah i i loved art and so when i found this it's yeah, it was great. It's great. So but I I have I don't do much for drawing and painting anymore and this this has been taken up all my time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess because I was thinking like the imagery you do on on your pieces is really mm-hmm. intricate and and really uh it's really well done. So like there's an owl or there's mm-hmm. an eagle or oh yeah uh and or like a water buffalo or something and there and i see this little detail and i thought there's no way like m- certainly people are naturally gifted maybe to just draw something from what they've seen but um i feel like it to just dive in and be that good sounds like you must have had some kind of art
2: background a little bit already yeah i definitely did i definitely did i mean people come up to me when I'm at a show and want to know how to do it. And if you need to be an artist and I would say, yes, you know, it does, you have to know um, drawing to get the proportion right and things like that. So but there's different kinds of scrimshaw too. I mean, there's a lot of people that just like doing the ships and that kind of thing. But I like, I like the ships drive me crazy with all the lines and everything, but I, I like the animals and, realistic stuff that's where i do the stipple um there's more um rustic um scrimshaw too so people want that like on a powder horn or something but i i just i'm picky i'm picky i I like the detail that's my favorite part yeah scrimshaw
1: i think that shows too because your work shows such an amazing amount of detail and it's so well done as far as the um, history of it, though, you brought up whalers. Is that where scrimshaw came from?
2: Um, I don't know if it originated with them. Um, the whalers did it. Eskimos did it. Okay. You know, Eskimos would find uh, you know walrus tusks and thing. I'm not sure 100% where it started with, but I knew those two did it. And then, like I said, I knew the whalers did it. I mean, they would catch you know, whales and they have the teeth and stuff, so. Sure. But yeah, they they would they would scrim on those and <clears> then <throat> I read that they would even so much as inlay like the ship's railings and stuff with scrimshaw. Oh. I don't know if that's how true that is because they would take it when they did go to shore, they'd take whatever they did to barter for things. So it just seems like maybe they'd want to save that to go when they went to shore, but I don't know. I would practice and find out as much as, (laughs) 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 but then that's wood. So, oh yeah, right. Yeah.
0: What uh, out of all of the possible things that you could have ever worked on, what's been your favorite thing to to scrimshaw?
2: My favorite material would be elephant ivory, Hmm. but that's a little bit more protected now. The laws have changed, but um, mammoth and mastodon ivory is great. there's buffalo horn a water buffalo horn which is black I love that it's one of my absolute favorites now just doing the reverse so but I yeah I've worked at a lot of different materials but yeah I'd say right now it's maybe the water buffalo I like that's really cool too
0: <laughs> I do uh... the
2: color on the water buffalo is just I love it
0: I I do want to come back to it, <clears throat> um, to the water buffalo. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of curious about how, if I were to get just like a little block of uh, mammoth or uh, mammoth ivory, how much would that kind of go for? Just to kind of give me a ballpark idea.
2: It, it oh boy, that's a hard question because it depends on where you go. And I mean, I used oh. to go to a, a knife show in Atlanta. And that was a worldwide show people would come a huge show and things would be so much more expensive there mm-hmm. um I, I i really right now i really don't know i don't i don't buy ivory myself and even with it being the laws of change but oh. um i yeah i don't buy people usually give me their whatever they want scrimmed to me and then i scrim it and send it back so oh, but yeah right. I, and i know it was um I just, jeez, I'm trying to remember a while ago I think it it could have been uh, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know i th- I want say it was a two hundred a pound, but maybe I'm yeah, it's been a long time since I' bought anything
0: well, that makes sense, and I appreciate the honesty um <laughs> it yeah you know, I'm just always <clears throat> curious for those uh for those unique kind of material sorts of things,
2: sure,
1: yeah, um, I want to talk a minute too about the ethics with using ivory because we that's something that i'm sure our audience is thinking too is like well ivory is supposed to be wrong right <laughs> or at like, least to some degree <laughs> they're used to mention laws and of course there are protections there's also really old ivory and there's ivory from elephants that have died naturally so there are ways to use ivory that are probably more um more ethical than others i don't know how else to say that but also like i want mm-hmm. our audience to understand that like you care about that and that you're not out there oh. you know paying poachers for their ivory
2: no, so no no absolutely not i mean i love elephants i mean just to see them and everything i'm i'm all for not killing them definitely i know they do in africa will color herd because it's they're being a nuisance but but um no i i'm I'm not condone. I don't condone poaching at all, so, no. <clears throat> but I, I also think that, I mean, they've, <clears throat> excuse me, they've burned stockpiles of ivory in Africa, just burned it in just huge, you know, piles, huge bonfires. And I always thought that was a mistake. People will disagree, but they should flood the market. And ivory wouldn't be as, as, expensive as people won't want it as much or you know poachers won't make as much money but that i was or even use the use the money then to uh help africa help the current population of elephants and things Mm -hmm. i think there's better use for it but i don't have anything to do with that so yeah
1: fascinating that they would just burn it because i guess they can't sell it
2: uh, yeah I I don't know I, I, I don't like seeing that but not because I want, to, won't want all the ivory myself to scrim but I just think there's a better use for it sure you know?
1: I do like but. the idea of flooding the market so that it would put potentially put poachers out of business or uh, make it so that it's not what it is right now and right. people couldn't charge what they do or make it as what it is so yeah Hmm. yeah do you remember oh sorry trey were you going to ask
2: something
0: no i just something mulling around in my brain was kind of flooding the market for things and uh, makes me think of a little bit of the fashion industry and how with certain fabrics for things those go for so much more than others and it's just because of that process and like silks, take a, uh, supposedly take much longer to craft and to create versus maybe something like a cotton based on resources and those sorts of things. And then to watch these incredible silks get used for a finite purpose. And then the, the remains are typically just kind of disposed of in some capacity. And the, mm-hmm. there's a more, I think that there's probably a better way to use it to kind of the point you made earlier.
2: Yeah, I, I don't know a lot about the fabric things, but, yeah, I yeah I just hate things seeing things wasted.
1: Yep, valid. There's a lot of waste in the fashion industry. <laughs> <laughs> <I can imagine. laughs> Do you remember how you went from practicing on spoons to selling your first piece? Do you remember the first piece you sold?
2: Uh, well, my first piece other after the spoons was somebody had given me a knife to scrim so it was a custom order okay he told me what he wanted on it and i remember sitting there and just scared to actually make a mark on it worried i'd make a mistake now i'm a spoon if i make a mistake we throw it away it's a plastic spoon but this is someone's knife it's just not the material itself i mean the whole knife was made and if i just were to make a mistake but um after I started on it then it was I felt more relaxed and better about it so but yeah I remember that very well <laughs> very well
1: that's relatable yeah. I remember cutting into 96 dollar a yard tapestry once <laughs> and <laughs> that's definitely a measure 10 times cut once situation
2: <laughs> oh yeah
1: so yeah, yeah exactly. I get that not wanting to wreck the piece this potentially one-of-a-kind thing or someone else's Mm -hmm. knife yeah that's
2: sure yeah i mean if i make a mistake i have to sand it off and start over and repolish so there is not quite so bad but every time i sand i'm taking the surface off and making that handle material thinner and if it's an expensive material and it wasn't at the time it was a man-made material but still a you don't want to make that side thinner than the other side. It was a folding. Um, no, it wasn't folding up. but it was two pieces uh, together to make the knife. It wasn't just one piece. So you're sanding, making one side thinner. And so that's not something I that want to do. That makes sense. Right. Yeah.
0: Uh, we have a, a question in our chat. Is the color work <clears throat> of scrim art versus black and white more difficult?
2: Yes. Yes. Um, just in the sense that you have to be careful When you put the, okay, when you just work in black ink, wherever you put the ink and wipe it off, it's not going to change what's next to it. But if I was screaming, let's say in blue, and then there was some part next to it that was yellow, I can't wipe that yellow over the blue. It'll make a green. Mm -hmm. I have to make sure you wipe it away from it. So you got to make sure you don't kind of paint yourself into a corner. Make sure you have an area where you can wipe it off. So you have to be careful mm-hmm. that way, and it does take more time, definitely. If it's just um, like in browns, a monochromatic or something, it's not so difficult, not as difficult. But yeah, if it's full color, like macaws, you know, bright color birds, yeah, you've got to be careful, and it takes longer, definitely.
0: I feel like you've had somebody request a macaw some t- at some point.
2: <laughs> uh, actually, I have. There was a knife handle. That I put a macaw on, and it's little, it will be one of my favorites. It was many years ago, maybe uh, in the first couple of years I started, and I just loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and since I, I had, had done a piece for myself, which I've sold, but I think it was like four by eight, a flat piece. It was called micarta, and it's a mad made um, material. It's a paper micarta. There's layers. I'm not sure how it's made exactly, but there's layers of things kind of laminated together um and it's kind of like an acrylic but Mm -hmm. uh i did a whole macaw scene in the jungle and everything and greens and yeah that was fun but yeah that was one piece i did for myself basically display but i sold it i think before i finished it but yeah so i've done uh, yeah i love the macaws love the bright colors
1: yeah and you do feather work so well. I've seen some of your images with feathers mm-hmm. on them, and uh, that, that's so neat. Well, thank you. And you've had some unique opportunities to um, to do scrimshaw on on pieces of antler, bone, or whatever from it, uh, extinct species as well, which I oh, think yeah. is quite a I feel like that's bigger than someone's knife that they could potentially replace. <laughs> so tell, tell me about some of the extinct species.
2: Uh, it's, it's been, I've done some pendants for myself that I've sold, but um, yeah, uh, from a woolly mammoth tusk and that, and people always think that's so cool. And I, I think it is cool too. I mean, you've seen pictures of woolly mammoths, you know, they're, they're not around anymore, but just to think that, you know, this little piece, of ivory came from one of those it's 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 just neat i really like it that whether it's the woolly woolly mammoth or mastodons um i did do a shark tooth once a pretty big shark tooth from i don't know if it was from a megalodon or what but it was a big shark tooth and that was really cool too that was harder the material was a lot harder but yeah it was fun it was a lot of fun something different i love that I bet
0: this, with bringing up like the megalodon or the the shark's tooth and um are there if someone were to like try to get into scrimshaw um mm-hmm. is there a type of material that you would recommend starting out with first maybe not plastic spoons but maybe like their first <laughs> first official piece um that you might recommend yeah. starting out as a beginner
2: Well, I've had many people ask me that shows or they say they've, they've tried it and it was just too hard. And I always have to ask them what they tried on. And if it was uh, like deer antler, it's not the easiest to do. If it was um, uh, like cow horn, you know, like I was a powder horn or something, that's definitely not easy too, because you're trying to draw a little curved line and it's got a grain to it. It can just get stuck. And Mm. yeah. So Mm -hmm. I've, At the time, many years, you know, years ago, I'd say the best thing to do it on, practice on or to do it was uh, elephant ivory. It's it's the softest. It's like a hot knife through butter. It just Mm. polishes great. But, you know, when it's harder to find ivory, there used to be uh, scrimshaw kits you can buy with a little piece of ivory and a practice piece and everything. I don't know if they still sell that or not. Um, The spoons are a great thing to practice on. I mean, it is plastic you can throw it away but it's not it's not the hard or it's not the easiest thing to practice on i've even done it on like um a light switch plate the pla- pra- pl- plastic oh, ones you know it's yeah. like walmart or something um it is e- a good thing to practice you know it's cheap but it's just not the easiest so other than the elephant ivory uh, mammoth or mastodon ivory um uh the black buffalo horn it's different but then it's black you know so it's just working the opposite so yeah you just just gotta practice is the bigger thing i think um you get a feel for the material and i i do like the elephant die, uh, elephant uh, not elephant um deer antler now and it's not as hard as like when i first did it so sure just practicing mm-hmm. definitely practicing
1: um Cause in the chat said, uh, in reference to like how I mentioned cutting into the $96 yard tapestry, um, she said, that's like leather, a side of leather can go for 300 plus. So it's definitely measure, 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 which yes. <laughs> um, and also another question was how long did your most elaborate project take?
2: Uh, early on, I know I, I kept track of my time, but I don't keep track of my time now. I I charge by the square inch. I don't charge by the hour. I don't want to know how much I'm making per hour or losing per hour. Some things (laughs) can take me, let's say, 40 hours. If I do the exact same thing again, it may take me 60 hours. It may take less. So I really don't know. The bigger projects I've worked on have been while I'm at a show, and they're my own thing. So it's maybe a couple weekends a year then I'll work on it and it may take me a long time, but then people come back to the next show. Oh, you were working on that last year or the year before, or, you know? So I tried to work on it at home, but yeah, I, I don't know how long, yeah, if it's in color, it's going to take a lot longer. So yeah, I can't, I can't even begin to answer that question. Okay. I've done some big pieces, but yeah. Yeah.
1: That brings me to the question I had been wondering too. And that was if you, like you seem to take a lot of commissions and a lot of people's personal items to, to work on. And I wondered how often you got to work on things for yourself or for your own art, or just because you wanted to do a certain animals, you know, image on
2: something. Do you get a chance to yeah. do that? Uh, I, I, I always told myself I'll work on my clients things Monday through two or Monday through Friday and my own stuff on the weekend never worked that way I always there was always something that <laughs> I was doing for someone else that well, I can't wait to do and I'm having fun doing it you know um right now I'm working on uh, a guy's n- big knife and putting his dog on it you know Aww. so I got him to- one side done and the other side he's laying and I'm going to put his favorite toy in there too, because he's passed away. You know, I've done a lot of that. They're, they're past pets and things. And, and that's, that's a lot of fun, but um, I, yeah, I don't get a lot of time to do my own thing. I'm kind of been thinking that maybe I will make the time and I don't know how long I'll be taking orders. So I might just end up doing some, my own thing after what 30 years or so, And just putting on my website, but I'm not, I haven't totally made this decision yet. Right. But I really have a lot of ideas and I have, I have a bear skull at home. I want to screw them on so bad, but I haven't taken the time. I I have done a grizzly bear skull and, oh, right between the eyes and the forehead. And it was just fun. Um, And I have a black bear skull at home. I want to do so. Wow. Yeah. So. I got to take the time out to do my own thing sometimes. So I'm here.
1: Yeah, I think so. You deserve that. <laughs>
2: yes. uh, I'm fun, but I have fun with the things I have coming up too, for my, my clients. So.
1: Right. That's good. I think that's important. Cause if you don't enjoy the process, what are you, you're spending 40 plus hours a week or whatever
2: doing oh. stuff you don't even yeah. want to do.
1: So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome.
2: I think that's, I think that's why i've been have done it so far so long and i haven't gotten sick of it yeah because there have been such great ideas and things i've never even thought about doing or wouldn't have done myself but yeah it's kept my interest so yeah
0: and one thing that i love that you have also said because you don't just work on it monday through friday like just in your own studio you also take things with you to shows Mm -hmm. and you're working on them at the shows uh Mm -hmm. to kind of demonstrate the process um do you find that engages um clients more or do you find that like brings in more people to ask questions about scrimshaw um or uh what kind of benefits have you seen from doing that live at a show
2: um all of that really um number one if it's a slow if slower show. gives me something to do. I never thought I'd be able to do it in front of people. My husband told me, you should should scream at the table. I thought, no way, I can't do that in front of people. But now, it was so, even early on, it was so easy. I'd get into it, and I'd be able to tune everyone out. And there's been many times, my husband comes to my show with me, and there's been many times he's kind of kicked me out of the table, that there's somebody standing there (laughs) wanting to say something. I don't want (laughs) to ignore anyone, but, you know, that's, and then there's some people I I, I'll I'll, right now I uh, make it a point to look up once in a while just to try to be aware and I'll look up and I'll say hi and then they run away like they just want to watch me work and other people yeah they have questions so yeah it's it's. it's it's, I'll I'll look up and I'll have a whole bunch of people at my table watching me work you know and yeah so it's all different kinds of things that, that whether they want to learn how to do it so they can see me do it or interested in having something done and yeah it's yeah people like to see it so makes me happy i can do it
0: just as like a personal note um there have been so many people that like in other avenues i brought up fabric earlier and like sewing for things um and i've mentioned this a few times but one of the things that i've been really appreciative of is having artists be very open about their process and not gatekeeping certain items Mm. and that they, they share a lot of processes, uh, recommendations, pitfalls, tips, tricks, etc. Um, so I really just have to say thank you for being open and willing to share that with, with, um, your audience.
2: Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm happy to, I, like I said, I have many people come up and even young kids wanting to know how it was done. And, and, um, I tell them as much as I can, you know? Um, but yeah, i I, I don't keep anything, you know, to myself, but I'm, I don't want to teach get up in front of it. people when you teach, but I know I'm willing to tell everyone, anyone what they want to know. And I've also said that they can email me if they have questions and as I do it. And I know there's one woman I met in Atlanta, she would, um, want to learn. And I told her what I knew and she'd watch me. And uh, I think the following year she came and, and ended up showing me what she's done and she started doing it. And it was just great to see what she's done. I just loved it. So yeah, it's been fun. I did meet a scrimshander um, many years ago, uh, first year, I think uh, his name is Kyle Duncan. He's passed away now, but I think at that time he was in his seventies maybe, but he gave me some pointers and and he insists he did nothing but just just simple little pointers, like um, the size of the, a bear and how long I made the lines, you know, would be how long the hairs are, you know? Maybe I, I got to keep that in mind. And I looked at it and said, of course, you know. So he's given me pointers. But otherwise, um, for Scrimshaw, no one else has given me pointers. Basically, I've learned on my own, tried different materials. I'm, I'm still learning. I would say I'm still learning, so...
0: One thing that I can say, um, and like not copying, some people copy just to kind of get the feel for it or to mm-hmm. get to be inspired for things. Yeah. So there's never a wrong thing or a right thing for copying, not copying. I think it really kind of depends on the projects that you're working on and who you are as a person. If you mm-hmm. want to go and do your own thing, be blessed and go forward with with as much conviction. Um, yeah. But if you want to copy and learn f- from some techniques of other people, there is a ton of benefit in doing that as well. So there's never a wrong or a right.
1: Just yeah, don't yeah. just maybe don't sell your copies because people pick up on that real quick. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I
1: know some photographers out there that were copied recently and have been involved with lawsuits. So.
2: Oh, yeah. there's. <laughs> yeah. You have to be careful of things like yeah. that.
0: So,
1: I mean, everyone. if you're copying to learn and you're copying to be inspired and to hone your craft, I see nothing wrong with that, for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. The, uh... no, I, I agree. You have to start somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, and if you're just starting out, out and as you do things, yeah, you realize what you like to do and maybe what you want to do something – do, do it differently or right. whatever. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. Like, I I've seen – I've seen people copy art just to see what it took to get the result that they were seeing, to learn what that process was, which I think is kind of where learning is at. So definitely. Right. And I think uh, there's the thing about Scrimshanders is at least in, from my perspective and maybe not from yours or Trey's, I don't Mm -hmm. know, or anybody else, you seem like one of the rarest art art forms out there like I never I've seen Mm. some scrimshaw work one other place in my life ever Mm. and it was one other guy I saw at a festival and so okay this is this sounds like so this feels like a dying art is it or would you say that's true
2: I I don't think so um I I think when I went to uh went to like the that Atlanta blade shows what it was called the night show in Atlanta um I think that at the time I knew maybe there were seven or eight of us doing it there okay so I think there's more than you think okay. and with uh with Bill going online there's more people that were doing it than I didn't know back then and I'm sure there were more even then that that um i didn't know i mean from other countries and things so there's there's a lot of people out there and i see new new occasionally somebody i hadn't heard of before so okay yeah it's it's not as well known like photography or you know oil painting and stuff of course but but um yeah i think there's more out there than you think but okay fascinating (laughs)
0: <laughs> to kind of echo onto that, um, coming from a theater <clears> background, <throat> the first thing I've heard of when I heard the first part of that was scrim. And I was like, oh, this is somebody who designs like the scrims for a theater. No, not for theater. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> very, very different.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm i a shander. Is there a scrimshaw? I do scrimshaw. I scrim. So, but yeah.
0: Um, What's what is one conception that people have had about your work uh, that you would maybe like to dispel the myth of?
2: Oh boy, I don't know. I don't. I can't think of anything. Um, I can't think of anything. That's (laughs) fair. Yeah, Uh, yeah. There, there must be something out there, but no, no. I, I the closest thing I could even say and it's not even scrimshaw but every knife show I go to there's at least one person if not many that say I should do tattoos and no that's not something oh. I want to do <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I I, I I if I make a mistake I can sand it off and start over and <laughs> tattoos I can't so <laughs> and I don't want to be that close to people so <laughs> yeah
0: look <laughs> but- Bar- Look, Barbara, whoever you are listening to this podcast, I know that your su- sugar scrub may do quite a bit for exfoliation. It's not going to rub off <laughs> <up> that tattoo.
2: <laughs> no, no. no, I think it would be neat to do some of the things they do with tattoos, all the, the detail, but yeah, it's not for me. Not for me. But I, I can't think of anything else that, yeah, I can't think of anything.
1: There's a lot of good tattoo artists out there that could probably take uh, something that you've done and put it on someone like copy it onto oh, oh um, yeah someone's body part someone's, yeah. <laughs> someone's skin oh yeah skin skin is what yeah. I meant to say goodness
2: <laughs> it's still a body part I, but yeah there, there's was amazing like... <laughs> amazing detail some of those tattoo artists yeah can do. I admire it I, I I love watching it done. Some of the shows I've watched without the drama, but what just watching it done is, is so cool. cool. But yeah, again, not for me. So
1: is there a part of the process for you that, or is there a moment that you have when you're working or when you're even at a show or in any of your interactions or things? Do you, at what point do you go? Yes, this is why I do what I do.
2: I don't know. I sometimes with some things I could see some other scrimshaw and it just it it um gets me excited. You know, I mean, I, many years ago my husband and I took a trip to Alaska. We drove up there and in Anchorage there was this, a shop that sold scrimshaw and there was things like um, a walrus skull with two tusks and they were scrimmed. And after I saw all that, I just couldn't wait to scrim. You know. So I I see things like that, that just really gets me going, you know? Yeah. yeah. So sometimes just talking to people and they'll show me something that they've done or something. It's just creative that just, I love seeing about it. And yeah. So.
1: Yeah. That's good inspiration. So if, if I had, let's say um, like a a knife or a Mm -hmm something a sword Mm -hmm. handle for in my case it would be a sword handle or dagger handle and if i how would i like how do you take commissions do people have to show up at this knife show or do you hello it's emily the host and creator of the modern romantic podcast i just wanted to interrupt really quickly to say thank you so much for your support. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the likes and comments and follows. Thank you for sharing with your friends and family and fellow artists and your positive reviews on podcast platforms are not lost on us. We see every one. So we appreciate you and thank you again for joining us.
2: No, I've... I, I've done things for people that I, I don't even know what they look like either it's mm. through the internet. They email me. Um, they get my phone number and call me. Um, sure there's some I meet at a show. Um, maybe some knife makers will give me the knife. Um, but um, I may hear, talk to people. I mean, I give anything for a couple of years, but um, yeah, they'll, I tell people that they can send me the knife or just, like I meet someone at the show and I can tell me what they want on it. If I know the size of the knife handle or the object, um, I can, and what they want on it. I can, you know, give them a good estimate and go from there. Other things I've, um, they've told me, described what what they wanted. I've drawn it, sent it for approval. Um, Yeah, it's all different ways. But like I said, there's people I've never even met before. So it's, yeah, it's all different ways. So. But yeah, what if, if they have go from a picture or they'll tell me, put whatever I want on it, but then I want to know something, what they like. Yeah. You know, I don't want to put something they don't want on it, like a bunch of wood ticks crawling all over it or something, you know, although I think that would be kind of cool, but it's a okay. scream. but so, but yeah.
1: Um, uh, there's two questions in one here. Uh, Kaz in the chat asked if you could do what you do on metal.
2: No, okay. uh, it's engraving. I'd have to, I have have it's a whole new set of tools and everything I, which I have thought about engraving. I've thought about, um, I don't necessarily want to do all the scroll work, but the Bellino engraving, which is basically what I, the detail I do on metal. I would love to do that. And it's always been in my head to maybe do that, but that's just a whole new set of materials and what I'm doing now I can do with a needle. So maybe someday, but yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the whole, that's different. So that would, it would be engraving.
1: Do you get people that try to bring you items that you can't engrave on then?
2: Or occasionally. Yeah, yeah. The scrimp- okay. Occasionally they'll show it to me. Um, or ask me if it can be scrimmed. Um, not a whole lot. A lot of people seem to understand at knife shows. It seems like what can be scrimmed There's a few that don't, but they'll ask, you know, but, um, yeah, there's, yeah, I, I, I think I've scrimmed on um, maybe some wood like ebony or something that was really dense hardwood that can be polished. But I don't know if I did or not. I seem to remember that like the dust when I was scratching it looked like more brown, so it could have been. But I don't know. I haven't tried it, you know. But but yeah, if yeah, there's people have asked me, you know, what but I can scrim on. But okay, tell them what I can. Yeah.
1: Another question from the audience was um what your favorite piece to create was if you have one
2: i don't have a favorite i I, I have a well i have a lot of favorites um but my favorite thing about scrimshaw and what i do is detail i mean i don't like insects but i think scrimming them would be fun you know all the detail but yeah i don't have a favorite i love animals but yeah, I've done all kinds of things. I've done portraits, people's children. I've done, a por- done portraits and that's a whole, yeah, that's, that's harder. <laughs> you have to make it look like them, <laughs> you know, not just like scrimming an Indian or an Eskimo, you know, or something. Right. But, but yeah, I don't have a I, I don't have a favorite. I don't have a favorite. Okay. So
1: basically bone and antler and, oh, but wait, I should clarify. Cause you said you have a. A bear skull. So that's bone.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Bone, definitely. And antler, and the, uh, ivory. bone antler, ivory. There's man made materials, like an acrylic. Um, uh, there's knife handles. There's artificial ivory. They're made. There's different names for that, too. Dif- people made a different kind or whatever. that looks really similar to ivory, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of different materials, so...
0: When So with all of this that you have going on, you've talked about the paints, you've talked about um, somewhat uh, the process of it. When you get to the final part of that, how do you seal it or how um, how do you make sure that over time it doesn't just kind of like wear off?
2: Um, I don't seal it with anything. Um, for the most part, <clears throat> scrimshaw for collecting. If I do do it on a knife handle, they're going to um, display it. And just for collectors, um, if even a necklace, if I scrimmed it and you wore it all the time, it will eventually wear off. Unfortunately, Um, I have done things where I've uh, dipped it in like a non yellowing um, uh, polyurethane Mm -hmm. and it seemed like it held up well, but it's not the best thing, you know. So unfortunately, it can wear off. I've had people say I've scrimmed the knife for them and they say they're going to use it. You know, they're going to use it deer hunting or whatever. And I've told them to let me know how long it lasts, you know, because I told them it's going to wear off. No one's told me he hasn't come. They will get back to me. So I'm sure it's worn off if they kept using it. But yeah, it's for collecting, definitely collecting. And this one's something for like the, like the bear skull I did. Um, yeah. You're going to, you know, set it and just display it and that kind of thing. It's yeah. It, it, and preferably not touch it all the time, but you know.
1: So maybe the person who was using the knife for deer hunting just wasn't a very good deer hunter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my! And they well, just
1: didn't get any deer, so that the handle hasn't worn out yet.
2: <laughs> I, I'm I'm kind of betting not. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm but, sorry, you know. <laughs> out
1: whoever you are out there. I apologize.
2: I'm sure they either forgot about it, you know, whatever. (laughs) I don't expect them to, you know, 10 years from then that, hey, it didn't, it wore off. I'm like, oh, okay, now who are you? You know, (laughs) so it, it, yeah. Yeah. It would have been, it would have been nice to know, you know. It wasn't, I knew, I I don't remember what it was, what I did on it, but it wasn't anything really colorful. It was just like a black ink and, but yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't. (laughs)
1: I didn't to cause said uh, Emily came for blood it's a possibility
2: know. so I was
1: just playing around with reasons why
2: well. and
1: then I said them out loud as I do
2: yeah.
0: and now yeah. as her co-host I have to watch my back <laughs> <laughs> um so you mentioned earlier in our podcast that you have um that you have like current projects and that you mentioned that uh working on a water buffalo um is one of your current projects uh can you tell us a little bit more about that
2: um uh, actually i the my current project is on a knife that's like i'm doing um um the dog on, but I have my own project. It is a black material, but it's um uh, actually cape buffalo, Ooh. and it's black. But it's part of the um the boss that's on the head, that big. You know, that's what I I got a piece of that that I'm screwing on now, and that's my own project that I'll work on that shows. But um, it's in color, so that's yeah, my first cape buffalo material. It has to have a cape buffalo on, so. But yeah, I've. I've yeah. I've done a lot of water buffalo horn before. So and that's been a lot of fun. But yeah, I like the black. Black material.
1: Yeah. We got to see it in person and it is amazing. Not the water buffalo, but this Cape Buffalo. It is the so cape, cool. Yeah. That black. And then you use like white lighter inks then to
2: Um, I, I use oil paint is what oh, I use for okay. the color. Just oil paint, right artist oil paint right from the tube. And whatever color I need and Put it on there but that color just looks i to to me i just love it on the black black material so it really it is, shows up nice. yeah
1: <laughs> i love it too
0: <laughs> she really is
1: <laughs> mostly
0: i just cry off camera <laughs> <It's great. laughs>
2: He's gone.
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, when it so like that particular material, um, with like black and with uh, with ivory, I know that there are concerns about what kinds of paint are going to show up the best and kind of the etchings for that. Um, what have you found? Like, what kinds of scenes or pictures have typically worked out better on? um darker materials versus your lighter materials
2: ah uh, boy I, I i can pretty much do almost anything that i can do on the light color that i could do on the black um, there's i have preferences i mean if i was gonna do uh, a polar bear i would prefer doing on a light color um, but it doesn't really matter that much. Um, if I do a portrait of a person, I'd rather do it in a lighter color. I think it ultimately it ends up looking better. Um, but it, it, you're getting into ivory and getting to like the mammoth and mastodon, there's other colors that come into the ivory. And sometimes it can be quite dark, like um, dark browns and everything. And then you got to be careful what, what you put on it because some some of it, whether you screw in black or you screw them in white, it doesn't quite work. So you have to be careful just of the material itself, whether I would recommend screwing it or not. So, yeah, but otherwise, as opposed to black or the white materials, I think, I think you could pretty much do either on either, or, you know, whatever's the subject. Yeah. Right. And there You're was just a- using more color or not.
1: And there was a piece that you had shown me that um you talked about how you had it was mostly it was like had this orange streakiness through it and it was really neat and you kind of created almost like a sunset sky with that color already in yeah there.
2: yeah that that it was an elephant scene it was an elephant and it had some antelope um mm. it was requested it wasn't my piece but yeah there were rusty browns in there and i did some blue in the sky and a little bit of green and a little bit of white in the tusk because it got into the dark brown, a darker color and just kind of lightened it up. But um, yeah, that, that tusk was beautiful as is without me scrimming on it, it's just colors. But, and I had since met somebody at a knife show, he had saw that and he's been to Africa and he said, that's exactly what it looks like there, like on in the safari. I've never been there, I am going there, but Oh. Yeah, you said that, so that was, that looks, yeah, that looks, that looked perfect, it looked, but I'll find out, maybe.
1: <laughs> so you're going there?
2: Uh, yeah, that's one thing, when my husband's getting close to retiring, and that's the one thing we want to travel. And if I could go anywhere in the world, it's Africa. I'd like to go there. I don't care about the cities. I want to see, I want to see the elephants. I want to see, this. you know, go on a safari, so we're gonna go in that. We're gonna go see Victoria Falls, and then it just kind of popped in my head at the time. I want to see the mountain gorillas. Okay. I want to see the mountain gorillas. So, but we'll we'll go there once he retires in maybe four or five years. So that's yes.
0: cool. A previous yeah. guest yeah. on our podcast um, was um, able to uh, was able to get very up close and personal with uh, with elephants. Um, uh, took uh, and said sweet as cherry pie just some of the most delightful creatures um, but she was able to get so close to them that it like wrapped their trunk around her uh, oh how cool no I don't remember from the story if like it picked her up or anything but I do remember <laughs> like it was just kind of like that just just nice yeah. touchy, touchy moment
1: he her. yeah that was Jude
2: Devereaux mm-hmm. oh my gosh how cool would that be oh
0: so we do, when you get to Africa, um, we do expect to get pictures back of you with like the trunk wrapped around you.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would love. To. I'd like that. that would I'd be like so that. Great. Definitely. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> or then it'll turn into no. I actually got picked up and like six feet off the ground by this <laughs> thing.
2: The elephant he carried away. <laughs> maybe i don't want to go that far but yeah I'd, i'd love to love to get that close i read uh uh it was an article when i talked about going to um africa uh and i wanted to see the gorillas and they said that um there was whoever wrote the article said that they got you can get real close to them because the gorillas are used to you seeing them you know going up there and they said that one mother and a baby walked by and she must've felt that they were a little too close. And she took her hand and just kind of pushed them away. And I thought that would be so cool. I want that experience. It's scary, but I want that experience. So yeah, I want to, I want to get up close with gorillas. I've scrimmed them on a buffalo horn, water buffalo horn. So I just, I just, Mm -hmm. they're so cool.
1: Yeah. What a great experience that would be and a cool story Mm. to bring home. Like, Oh, I know. This I would is love the to. Spot where that where was the me. gorilla
2: pushed me away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> this is oh. my fractured femur from the gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> this, is that, a, but...
1: this isn't a femur, but okay. <laughs> well, hey, I
0: I know music. I don't know anatomy. All right.
1: <laughs> April's over here going. Um. I'm Trey.
0: I understand where my uh, opportunities lie in my own learning. Thank you. (laughs) Um, My manager was actually telling a story. She took her like two or three year old daughter uh, to a zoo where they had some gorillas Mm -hmm. and the gorillas apparently had just given birth. Um, And so there was a parent that was standing at the observation window and her daughter was like very scared because it's her first time seeing a gorilla, and she's like maybe a foot and a half tall. Oh, but um, she's. And so she just like timidly walked up there, and then the gorilla just like straight up just turns around and just glares at this child. <laughs> And then there's like and then you get videos of them like seeing small children and recognizing that they're small and go, I have a small child and like run off to go grab them and bring them back to the observation window.
2: Mm, Super cute. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's a video
1: recently of a gorilla that recognized that a woman was pregnant.
2: Yes, I've seen that. Yeah. I've seen that. That's just cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Neat connection.
0: Really what we're doing here is just drumming up your desire to get to Africa so we can like push it on your husband to do a little bit more.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I can't wait. I can't wait. I thought at the time that was where I wanted to go the most. And then I, and it's expensive, you know, and I thought, okay, when the winter Olympics were in Canada years ago, I saw they had a special about the polar bears. I thought, I know. Like do, I want to see. go to Churchill and see the polar bears. I thought it's got to be cheaper. Well, it wasn't. I wanted to go in a smaller group, but that's the other thing. I'll, we'll eventually go see the polar bears, too, where I want to be in the tundra buggy and have the polar I've seen pictures of polar bears standing up, looking in the window at you. and You're just the window between you. I want to see that. I want to see that so bad. Oh. But yeah, I have a lot of things I want to do. <laughs> Feel for my scrimshaw. <laughs> <The pictures. laughs> Definitely.
1: Yeah. I hope you get to do all of
2: that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Yeah. me too. Me too. That's what I want to do is travel. So, perfect. Get her in touch with Doug Talbot then too.
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> For anyone listening, um, you can, or watching, you can find Lori's work at L-O-R-I-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-N L-O-R-I-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-N.com. Yes and you can find pictures of her work and that you can contact her that way. Um, mm-hmm. you can send her funds for her travel and expeditions coming up. Dario, <laughs> uh, Support her adventures so that she can, um, go see polar bears in person.
0: Polar bears and elephants and gorillas. Oh my.
2: Oh yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Uh, Almost gives you
0: goosebumps. Lori, the one thing that I um, that I would kind of like to ask, um, we asked earlier if there was like a particular material for beginners that you'd recommend, um, but now kind of more generally, what advice do you have for those that are wanting to get into scrimshaw more? Um, Just what advice?
2: Um, I I would say whatever material they try it on, just just keep practicing it. Don't just try it on one material and think, Oh, this is too hard. I can't do it. Try it again on the, either the, either the same material or try something different. Just, just practice. That's I think the most important thing you may find the material that it's hard, but the more you do it on that material, the easier it gets, but yeah, try different materials, um, different ways of scrimshaw. I mean, I use a needle, but, You can use almost anything. You can make your own tool. You can use like an X-Acto knife. You get a different look and and stuff. Just just keep practicing. Practice is, yeah, I think probably the biggest thing I could say. Yeah.
0: That's really good advice. Yeah, solid. Um, I'm actually working with uh, Velvet for the first time and trying to sew with that. And no, not Emily's cat Velvet.
1: (laughs) i did think that at first
0: <laughs> um so i'm working with that um i've wanted to chuck it across the room uh many 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 times uh, many many times. i don't
2: think that's easy to work with yeah i don't think that's easy to work with
0: it is lots, not lots of pins and even with the pins the fabric just moves or Mm -hmm. like it doesn't stretch quite as much as like the the lining fabric so the lining fabric's kind of falling out anyway that is my own kind of diatribe to work with but to your point the first time is not always going to be the best so you just Mm got to keep practicing with it
2: yeah yeah absolutely I mean I, I could say I'm still practicing I'm still learning I still occasionally try something different, something new. So that's yeah, got to keep doing that. Definitely. That.
1: Yeah, you got to stretch yourself a little still and challenge yourself.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, other than your current project, um, are there any other um, are there any other creative uh, avenues that you are trying to pursue right now?
2: There's a lot of things I'd like to do, but. I need the time to do it. So I like the engraving is always been in my mind, but carving, I'd like to do carving. I'd love to do um, like the wood carving of um, duck decoys, realistic ones, you know, but I don't know if any of that will ever happen because, I mean, I do enjoy Scrimshaw. So, but one of these days, maybe, maybe, I don't know. I still painting and getting into that again, but I don't know when I'd find the time. I'm enjoying what I do now.
0: It's now. Awesome, yeah. When you uh, when you get into engraving and you're now making multi million dollars, uh, we'll have to have you back for that. <laughs> right,
2: <laughs> gladly.
1: <laughs> Please sponsor us. We love you. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: um laurie i i really do have to say that having you on today was incredible um i have learned so much you've given a lot of really wonderful advice and looking at a lot of the portfolio on your website it's very clear mm-hmm. how talented you are so um thank for you. your for your 30 years of practice it really does show how how amazing you are
2: well thank you i appreciate that mm-hmm. really do um
0: with that in mind, um I will tell you I may not get into Scrimshaw because no one needs these like flabby hands working with the scrimshaw. No, no one needs that. So more than anything, um I really respect the work that you do. And with that in mind, as we bring the show to a close today, this episode, along with probably every other episode, forever and ever, will be in memory of Joe Capone, our moderator, fellow comedian passionate and encourager and greatly missed friend. For updates, announcements and more, please follow us on social media under Modern Romantic. Thank you everybody and have a... I hope you have a day where an elephant hugs you.
2: Aww. Nah.
1: And don't forget to leave an indelible mark on the hearts and minds of those around you.
2: <laughs> Bye. Bye everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
0: This episode is sponsored by Henderson's Hearth.
1: You know, it's clear that Amy over at Henderson's Hearth puts so much heart into the ingredients in her creations. They're healthy, easy to prepare, things like soups, bread mixes, jams, and just like Sam Hewn, steeped in Celtic tradition. The ingredients are either grown by her or acquired locally and prepared in small batches.
0: One of the products that caught my eye early on was the orange ginger marmalade. It reminded me so much of growing up with the Paddington Bear series that I knew I had to order it. If you've ever wanted to know the secret to talking bears, their orange marmalade is exactly what I imagine is worth keeping an emergency sandwich under your hat for. And while I don't have a hat that could hold a marmalade sandwich, I can put some on a delicious slice of their Irish brown bread. And what do you know, with their bread mix, I made it myself and that pairing is just so hearty.
1: oh that was punny
0: <laughs> no that was good for the soul just like their soup mixes
1: oh uh, no you did it again
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> actually though i can totally vouch for this because the soups are so delicious i tried the beef and barley which was hearty in the henderson soup mix which is one i've never even heard of before Um, It was so good. It's their take on a Scottish recipe with lentils, brown rice, split peas, and barley. And all of their things are perfect for any gathering, including the one you have alone with your cat in a good book by the fire. Oh, and did I mention the mulled cider spices?
0: Oh, my Mm. gosh. Pretty much all the items at Henderson's Hearth are vegetarian friendly. And so many are vegan friendly, too. So thank you, Henderson's Hearth.